let me begin by asking this question. Why is silence awkward? As I just took about 10 seconds there to be completely quiet, you probably felt what I'm talking about. It felt a little bit awkward, right? You might have even checked your phone or computer to make sure that it was still playing. You might have thought that I had lost my place as I was speaking. But regardless, it, it felt a little weird and, and wrong. Of course, you don't expect that kind of silence when you're listening to a podcast, but that is an example of awkward silence. Another example is when you meet someone and you get past the normal pleasantries of, hi, how are you doing? And they say, I'm good, how are you? And you say, fine. And then there's this silence. And you immediately begin to think of what to talk about next. How can I feel this dreadful silence? And we often choose just really exciting topics such as the weather or sporting events. But that time between topics, that moment of silence can be very awkward and even painful at times. Some people, including myself, had the tendency to use filler words when speaking publicly to say the word um in between sentences or thoughts. This too is a reaction to silence. Especially when you're speaking publicly, that time between sentences or thoughts, it seems like an eternity. And so there is a desire to fill that space with noise. And sometimes silence may even feel awkward when we are alone. And oftentimes the first thing we do when we get into our car is to turn the radio on. Or the first thing that we do when we get home is to turn the TV on. Even if we aren't actively going to be watching it, we still like the background noise. We just don't really like silence all that much. Why is this the case? How come most people seem to be uncomfortable with silence? I think at the most basic level, this is because we are just so used to noise. We are used to hearing people chat at work in the background. We are used to hearing music in the car. We're used to having the television on at our house. And I think another reason that we are uncomfortable with silence is because we crave entertainment. Because of technology, we are able to find entertainment any time that we desire. We find ourselves checking Facebook and other social media over and over again just to see if something new has happened. And when we get home, we might immediately turn the TV on for the sole purpose of being entertained. And while there isn't anything wrong with that entertainment in and of itself, I think it is possible that the constant noise of entertainment has hindered our ability to enjoy silence and meditation before God. So in this podcast, we're going to be pushing back against the desire for noise and entertainment as we study the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. These could certainly be practiced individually, but it seems they are most often practiced together, and they do go hand in hand. Silence and solitude is the dis discipline of temporarily being quiet and alone before God. The caveat in that definition is before God. I think that's an important caveat to make because we aren't simply talking about seeking peace and quiet. It certainly is a good thing to have times of just unfocused, blank quietness. But there isn't anything distinctly Christian about that. 
Many people, including unbelievers, see the value of getting away from the noise and seeking times of quiet meditation. But when I say silence and solitude, I mean it in the sense of a spiritual discipline. I mean silence and solitude before God and for the purpose of growing in our walk with Him. This is why I have saved the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude towards the end of this series because this discipline isn't necessarily a means to spiritual growth in itself. Rather, it is used in conjunction with other disciplines to enhance their efficiency. For example, when we read God's Word, that is, Bible intake, and when we pray while also being quiet and alone before God, then we're practicing the discipline of silence and solitude. Many people call this quiet time. And this is often a more beneficial time to read God's Word or pray because you can better focus on God while doing so. And as we have done with each discipline, I want to give you some biblical and practical reasons why Christians ought to practice this discipline in their own lives. Here are four. First, to be like Jesus. As with the other disciplines that we have looked at, we see Jesus as our example in silence and solitude. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23 says, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Luke chapter 4, verse 42, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place, and the people sought him and came to him, and would have kept him from leaving them. So in each of these examples, there was a ministry work to be done. There were people who needed to be healed. There were people who needed to hear the good news that Jesus had to share, and they were seeking after him. And Jesus had the power to heal each and every one of these people, and he had the good news to share with them. But despite that, and despite all the work that needed to be done, Jesus made time to be alone with the Father. So you may think to yourself, I am too busy to take that kind of time to be alone with God. And there may be things that only you can take care of that require your attention. But the truth is, is that if we want to be more like Jesus... We have to be willing to carve time out of our busy schedules to spend alone time with God. So the first and, and foremost reason that we ought to practice this discipline is because Jesus did. And in doing so, he has showed us its importance for our spiritual health. The second reason that we should practice this discipline is to minimize distractions when we pray and read God's word. So there are times that if we're going to be able to pray or read it all in a day, it's going to have to be in a noisy place and with other people around. But when possible, we should seek times throughout the day to read and or to pray in silence and solitude with as little background noise as possible. No music on, no phone to distract us. You put that away and you read God's word and you pray without those distractions when we come to God. And in doing so, we will have a more earnest time of prayer and reading God's Word. 
So a third reason then that we should practice this discipline is to express faith in God. In Psalm chapter 62, David says twice, For God alone, my soul waits in silence. The first time that he says it, he goes on to say, God is my salvation. He explains that God is his fortress, that he is a rock. The second time he says it, he says those things also, but he adds, my hope is from him. It says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. My hope is from him. So because David trusts in God's salvation and because David's hope is in God, then he says that my soul waits in silence. So because David is trusting in God's salvation, his soul can wait silently before God. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15 says, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. So we certainly should use times of quiet and solitude to pray, But sometimes we should even let our hearts be quiet before God and just rest in Him. Donald Whitney says this about silence. Verbalized prayers can sometimes be filled with more fear and doubt than faith. Silence before the Lord can sometimes express more faith and submission to God's providence than words. So quietness before God can sometimes be how we express our faith to God, how we teach ourselves to trust better in his providence. A fourth reason that we should practice this discipline is to be physically and spiritually restored. Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 32. This is after Jesus sent the disciples away in pairs. They returned to him. Verse 30, it says, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. So Jesus commanded his disciples to go out and work, to heal and to teach those who would listen. But he also commanded them to rest. And this rest would have been a rest that would have given both spiritual and physical restoration. It was a time that they could go out to a desolate place, like we see Jesus do, and rest physically and be restored spiritually as they would have time to pray and they would have time to spend one-on-one with the very Son of God. So likewise, we need rest physically, but as much as we need that, we need quiet time with God to be recharged spiritually. Now before we move on to some practical tips for practicing this discipline, for a couple uh, a couple suggestions for this discipline, I want to make what I think is an important caveat to all of this. And that is that the context in which we practice the discipline of silence and solitude is the context of regular fellowship and participation with God's people. What I don't don't want to happen is for someone to hear this and think that in silence and solitude is, is how we should always live. That certainly is not the case. The Bible doesn't command us to be hermits. We also have a responsibility to fellowship with other believers. And so fellowship and solitude are these two sides of the same coin. 
So we ought to have meaningful fellowship with other believers, and we ought to have meaningful times of silence and solitude alone with God. Again, quoting Donald Whitney, he says, Without silence and solitude, we can be active but shallow. And he says, without fellowship, we can be deep but stagnant. So to build on that analogy, we want to be a river that is deep and that is flowing. So we don't want to be a shallow stream. A shallow stream would be someone who is constantly active, always with other people, really outgoing and willing to talk and enjoys conversation, but never spends time alone with God. And so that creates a stream that's flowing, but there's no depth. And on the opposite side, we don't want to be a stagnant pond, even if it is deep. We don't want to be a pond that's deep, but but stagnant. That is to say, someone who never spends time with other people, so there's never any kind of flowing, but, but, but spends a lot of time perhaps in God's Word, and so there is depth, but there's just no movement. That is a pond that we call stagnant. So we need both sides of this coin if we're going to grow in godliness. We want to be a deep and flowing river. We need both silence and solitude, and we need fellowship with one another. And when we evaluate our own lives, we see that we likely are going to have a tendency towards one or the other. You may prefer alone time to fellowship or vice versa. Personally, I enjoy conversation and fellowship over quiet solitude. For this reason, this discipline is more difficult for me than some of the others. But regardless of your personality, you have to discipline yourself to practice this in a way that produces quality time before God and not just empty silence. So now that caveat is out of the way, let me finish this up by giving two suggestions for practicing the discipline of silence and solitude. First, take minute retreats. So that is to say to take short moments throughout the day to be quiet and reflect on God. This may be at a stoplight, in a drive through in the pickup line at your kid's school, on a bathroom break, or wherever you have a couple quiet moments before God. Even if it's only for a few seconds, Take some time throughout the day to whisper a prayer and rest on God's goodness. Secondly, make it a goal to have quiet time daily before God. So this is more than just a minute retreat. This is a little longer time in quiet when we read God's Word, we study it, we pray. You might journal, take notes, and offer worship to God. This is where we put to practice the other disciplines that we have studied so far. And we should seek to do this daily. And when we can, on occasion, we should look for times to even build on this and to spend perhaps an afternoon or an evening or a few hours in the middle of the night in a long time with God. And then the better we get at taking those longer times to be with God, the more we will gain from the shorter times and the minute retreats that we have with God. Thank you for listening. Um, My hope is that you will look at your life and either take advantage of maybe some times that you already have to yourself or carve out time to dedicate to silence and solitude before God. There's great blessings in doing so. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Henderson Baptist Church. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit us on Facebook or check out our website, hendersonbaptist.org.